0: Hi everyone and welcome to Lift Your Life. My guest today is Jaspal Singh Sandhu, most commonly known as Injection from Sheree Punjab. Um, Jasper's life's been quite well uh, documented um, through documentaries, social media and interviews and so on and so forth. However today um, we'll be focusing primarily on uh, mental health, especially men's mental health. Um, he's uh, very kindly offered to uh, discuss his battles that he's suffered with uh, in the past with his mental health um so injection thank you so much for joining me on the show and taking the time out uh, to join me on the podcast how are you keep it yeah good brother good, good 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 um so before we go into mental health and and primarily the reason why we're here mm. um what i want to discuss is um tell us a bit about your early life what was injection like as a kid
1: well, bro, um, as a young kid from from as far as back as I can remember, I was always um, a very dominant character. Even from young age, uh, young days when I was in school, um, high school, everything, work, I was just, I was just always a, a very alpha male, and I think a lot of that was down to my upbringing. It was my dad my dad was probably the most alpha male I'd ever come across. Um, so being brought up mm-hmm. um, in a family where, like, as soon as he comes home from work, it says, everyone's just quiet, you know, and we'll just sit down, and the first thing we'd we would do is we'll take his socks off, you know, because he's tired, he's come from work, you know, we'll put his socks away, and then my mum would bring him his tea and all that, and then he would just rest for about 10, 15 minutes, and then afterwards, he'll start getting ready, and it was like that every single day. So it was like, he was, the lion of the house and you know um, he didn't speak much but when he spoke it was just like that's it and then I'd come from that as well they say the apple never falls far from the tree so seeing that it sort of made me who I am and unfortunately the problem I had was where my, my dad um, and even my mum as well they were, my mum was even though um, out of all her siblings she was the eldest and she was um, she was like an alpha as well So. Having two alphas, you know, as parents, it was it was difficult and um, we never knew how to show emotions. So if there was an issue, um, we never spoke about it. We never got upset. We never got emotional. Um, nobody ever let a tear out in our house. Um, it just it wasn't heard of. And, um, you know, it was. It was a uh, it was different. It was different. and. I think what would happen is as I've grown older, um, I was exactly the same. I was exactly the same, I think. And then what happened with me is um, when I hit a breaking point about 10 years ago, I didn't know what to do. And when you have so much energy and so much aggression inside you, um, it just comes out in two ways. It's either going to be where you're just going to start killing people and don't get me wrong, I did have a lot of thoughts. I was, I, I wanted to go out there, and I wanted to just mass kill people, you know. And um, thank God that didn't happen. And um, instead, I just sort of, I broke down. And when I broke down, it wasn't just, it wasn't just someone just kind of in a corner or just wants to be left alone kind of thing. It was the energy that I had in me. Even now, I mean, I've always been like this. I have a, a, a from what I've been told. I don't. I can't see it myself. But you know, I've always told that I have a uh, the energy around me is crazy, and I have a um, my aura is is quite strong. And so when I when I went down that route, it was crazy because it affected a lot of people around me. You know, um, it was like a it was like a hurricane, and um, or even said I said a tornado. So wherever I went, it was just causing destruction because of the negativity, because of the stress I had, and I was just I was a mess bro, to be honest with you.
0: Was it is it fair to say that you just didn't have the the skills coming up to deal with it? I did not. I things.
1: didn't know. Yeah. You see, if you if you've been dealing with it from a young age, um, you you see it happening to people around you in your family, you know, and stuff like that, or your friends, and you see it happening and you see them dealing with it, and it's the norm. You know you know how to deal with situations like that. But when you've never come across anything or anyone like that um then what happens is when you when you put in that situation you don't know what to do and I, I didn't know how to deal with it my way was i just wanted to fucking kill everyone i wanted to destroy everyone and i knew i was physically capable of doing that you understand i i didn't care about prison i didn't care about um like mentally hurting anyone like. it was just i physically wanted to just hurt people you know, and I didn't care if I went to prison, I, I didn't care if I died, my 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 thinking was, I'm just going to blast about fucking 50, 60 people, I'm just going to kill everyone I had a list, I was just going to go down and I was just going to whack, take care of everyone that I had a problem with, yeah, and after that I was just going to fucking blow my head off, and you know, I had a lot of thoughts like that, and uh, then I was having other thoughts, I was like, hold on, let me rob a bank. And let me do this, and let me rob these drug dealers, and let me do this, and I'm gonna get loads of money, and then I'm just gonna fucking go and kill everyone, and then at least I've got money there which I can leave for my kids and my family. You know what I mean? Um, knowing that I was gonna go, so I, I, my thinking was very different. I, I was um I was like a walking time bomb, you know, it was a ticking time bomb. And um but I like you said, I didn't have to deal with it, bro. I didn't have to deal with it. What about
0: like so even before that ten year, ten years ago, mm-hmm. even before that? So if there was family members or people that have passed away in your life. Mm. How did you sort of deal with it then? Did you not just, I take it you didn't have that point where
1: you had that grieving process. You sort of just kept that I sort never, of strength. I and never just, had that. Yeah. I never had anyone close to me passing away apart from my granddad. Okay. And that was in 2004. Um, uh, I remember that it was 2004 because it was about three months before my wedding. And... Um, I was always close to my granddad. Um, but I think um, it did hit me Hit me quite bad. It hit me quite bad. And I think, come to think of it now, this is actually the first time I'm thinking about it, yeah? Mm. Come to think of it, the feelings, the thoughts I was getting in my head were very similar. But it was a very, a very minute dose. Mm. So I didn't have thoughts about killing myself, but I wanted to hurt a lot of people. I'd walk down the street and I'd see people walking past me. And they just on the phone and they just basically uh caked uh, up in makeup and they just you know, just they just um in in my eyes I felt they weren't appreciating life. Mm. And I thought there's so much more to life. There's people out there that are dying yeah. that haven't been given a second chance, and you guys have got a second chance and you're taking a piss. Yeah. And I wanted to kill these people, you know? And I guess thinking about it now, um, that was actually the beginning and that was a small sample yeah. of what was to come. But I think with my granddad, the reason why I was upset so much was he was in India, and my parents they done everything and anything they could to make sure he had a good life. I mean, this guy had a good life, yeah, and um, like he had servants around him. You know, my parents bought him a mansion, and um, you know they made sure he was good. Yeah. and uh, and it was just weird because like when he passed away, I could just keep getting his picture in my head. That he's lying on his deathbed, and he had about three, four days, I think it was, before he died. And my dad, and my dad couldn't make it in time. So all I kept thinking in my head was, if it was me, there, and I kept thinking to myself, he's he's sitting there in his bed, he's lying there in his bed, and he knows he's gonna die, and all he's hoping for any minute now around the corner, oh, my kids are gonna come, you know, and I want to see my kids before they go, yeah, you know. So that kept that that really hurt me, you understand, and. Um, and
0: I f- kept thinking that like, I wanted to see my granddad, you know, but yeah. I think yeah. When, uh, when when a grandparent, especially a granddad passed away, mm-hmm. my first tattoo I got is actually my granddad. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was around that same sort of time when he passed away around that same sort of time. I was really, really close with him and uh, he used to say to me, they, they used to call me Maru, as in I used to be really skinny and never, yeah, used yeah. To, I never get, get into any training or anything. And uh, he said to my dad once. My dad's always been like a big power lifter as well, so Mm. we we followed in his footsteps. And he always said he uh, was—he goes, "Maru's going to become world champion one day, right?" And uh, my dad looked at me, and I was there, like asleep on the sofa, like just monged out because I just—I didn't have no energy. And uh, he was like, "I don't know about that," and and, and I've done it, and you know, Mm. I, I fulfilled that. But I think somebody like that, somebody as powerful as that personality in your life that goes at an an early age i was only 15 at the time um
1: it really does affect you you know why you see your dad you look up to him right yeah but you know the person that made your dad is your granddad yeah of course the person that your dad used to look up to is your granddad yeah and it's the same with my situation i know that the reason my dad is the way he is is because of my granddad you understand my granddad bro my granddad was nuts I'm telling you, this guy, till the age, till the day he died, he was about eighty-something years old, yeah. And the guy used to still shave his legs, and he used to put deal on his legs every day, marlish his legs and that, yeah. He, he, you wouldn't see a white hair in his daddy in his much He'd have his done proper, like, everything clean shaven, yeah. but just the black much black hair, yeah he looked after himself you know like the back back in the days the palawan they used to do that yeah they used yeah, to boil yeah. their legs yeah, every yeah. day yeah you know so you take all the hair off and yeah. oil the legs every day you know and uh, so he was hardcore like he'd eat a chicken and he'd eat the bones as well you know so that's what he that is that guy that made my dad who he is and my dad is the one who's made me who i am yeah,
0: yeah.
1: you know and i just hope i can just see what i want to do is i want to be able to pass my um my knowledge and the way I am, my, my thoughts, my views, I want to be able to pass that on to my kids but I don't want to be how my dad was exactly because I know my dad was, he was cold, mm. you know, like me and my children, um, my youngest, she's she's like me, she's very cold. If I say to her, I love you, she'll just frown at me, she'll look at me in an angry way or she'll just make a noise like... <laughs> You know, because she don't like that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And my, my eldest one, she'll, she's such a sweet voice. She'll say, I love you, daddy, in such a nice way. But I want them to kind of realise that, look, it's not just about being hard and tough. You know, you can talk it's about it. It's that blend, isn't it? It's the blend. It's yeah. a, you've got to come to the middle, you've got to, you know, yeah. meet it halfway. So, <laughs> I'm going to
0: go back to the point, mm-hmm. um, which I'm sure is, is, is going to be quite difficult to talk about, um, when your partner at the time... Um, passed away mm. um, I don't even know how I ask you what you went through but like because you've just told me now that you you struggled as in emotionally to deal with things like that mm. so you sort of told you've just sort of mentioned to me you know what you felt like doing just felt like lashing out and so on and so forth well there were there must have been times when you were on your own mm. What were the kind of thought process? Because you you didn't have the... Obviously, now you do, but you didn't have the skill set to sort of deal with that kind of high emotional situation. There must have been times when you were on your own um, where you
1: you would have just been you and your thoughts. What was that kind of process like? See, the funniest thing is, boy, it wasn't just when it was when I was on my own. Okay. I'd be sitting in a group of people and I'd be zoned out my friends will tell you that for the first few years I was like a robot, like like a zombie, and um, I'd be sitting in a room. And whether I was on my own or not, it wouldn't make a difference. I'll still be sitting there. I'll be having some fucked up thoughts in my head, you know, some messed up thoughts. And uh, you know, I'd just be sitting there, and it could be a guy on the table, on the next table in front of me, and he um, could be just eating funny, or he could just look funny. I'd have these visions in my head that I'm just going to rip his fucking... I'm just going to put my hands in his mouth and just open his fucking mouth open. You know what I mean? Rip his head open. And, um, you know, just just fucked up thoughts. Like, I remember this one guy and um, he was just eating. He was eating a mixed group, I think it was. And I just wanted to fucking just stick the fucking chop, the lamb chop, in his neck, bro. You know what I mean? And um, just because I didn't like the way he was eating, bro. And... um, well, that's
0: not your fault because at the end of the day that's the mentally your your head's gone, hasn't it and
1: I just I just easy. wanted to hurt people right? yeah I just wanted to hurt people and I wasn't in the right state of mind um, like I was I always was a very um a very evil person before friends and myself when we used to like back in the days I mean everyone's aware we, we used to kidnap people for a living and um, our, our life was crime. You know, I mean, I don't think there was anything that we didn't do. We we done everything from from kidnappings, firearms, um, so people associated with me, drugs, um, you name it, everything. Like we were every single criminal you could possibly think of came under one umbrella, and that was us lot. And uh, so, you know, we had if I couldn't do something, my friend um, around the corner would be able to do it, and if he didn't, the other guy would be able to. Do it. We all had links everywhere. And um, I think that's what made us dangerous. We had we were probably one of the biggest criminal organisations, um, the Punjabi Indian organisations in the UK, um, ever. Um, I remember back in the days it was the Tooty and the Holy Smokes. You know they they were yeah. big, um, but I think how how we sort of took it considering the way things were at the time, like with the the law becoming so strict, um, cameras everywhere. You know um, back in the days it was a lot easier to commit a crime and get away with it, and. Yeah, consider, yeah, game, yeah it's a different yeah. ballgame now and for us to get away with the shit that we did considering the the way how strict the law is now um you know i think we've done quite a good job um but i think if we were if we were around maybe 30 years ago 40 years ago um there would have been no cctv would there? They're, they're, <laughs> i'll be honest <laughs> with, I mean, we've had this we've had this conversation <laughs> with my friends yeah like you got like i mean hats off to the craze and all that and you know the um the Richardson's and all that, and Riley's, you know, hats off to them, they've done well. But I think if we were around at that time, um, I think you'd be seeing movies about us a lot, you know what I mean? Definitely. <laughs> so you had that that
0: life, basically, the life of sort of crime and, and so on and so forth. Mm. What was the changing point where you decided to basically
1: change, um, move away from that? Well, to be honest with you, uh, it was... It was the death of uh, my late partner. Um, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with I say and, and make shitloads of stories up. Yeah, um, I had uh, I had my first daughter then, and um, you know, and I think to myself in the beginning when I had my first daughter, I would have thought that would have changed me. My second daughter was born; it didn't change me. Um, you think having girls it changes a person and it does don't get me wrong it does I, i've got two girls myself yeah, I, know, I know exactly you, you mean. You start seeing things in a different way yeah, yeah. you know yeah. You, you wouldn't if you had two boys yeah it's very different if you had them if you had two girls you yeah. know um your thinking changes but that did change but me as the person that i was i wasn't gonna change and uh, i think what did is obviously the uh, her death Um, and I think the reason why that was was because I'd originally made a promise to her that I was going to change so I felt like where she passed away I didn't want it to be where she's passed away and she's thinking to herself up there listen, my life's gone I'm not here anymore Um, and you're still carrying on with your bullshit so I wanted to kind of you know I I wanted to I wanted to show her and prove to her that look, I have changed and you know, your passing has, wasn't a waste. Mm. Um, I've changed for the best. And, you know, um, she used to say one thing to me in particular, and, and it's still stuck in my head. She used to say, look, Jazz, um, everybody knows what you're capable of. Everybody knows who you are um, and what you can do. She goes, you know what you're capable of. You know who you are and what you can do, yeah? She goes, you don't need to go around and prove it to the people, to, to the public. You don't need to do that. Like, you always... And I, I used to, I just always wanted, I wanted people to know that, listen... Mm like I'm your fucking dad you know what I mean you can't fucking you can't fuck with me and you know people needed to be put in their place and I wanted to do that like we used to move to people like I'd go anywhere and if I felt there was someone there that who thought he was a bad man I'd put him in his place because I wanted him to know no mate I'm a fucking bad man you're just a pussy and um but that comment even though when she originally said it, it did not stick in my head Mm. but after she passed away it kept going over and over and over in my head then I kept thinking you know what I don't need to prove to anyone I know what I'm doing like even if I did become like not so crazy and if i become a bit soft yeah Um, and I stopped doing the things that I did it don't make me a pussy Mm. like you can tame a lion a, a, a jungle lion a wild lion you can tame him as much as you want and you know what you probably can stop him from attacking a random person you understand? You can do that. But he's still got that capability of taking someone's arm off, taking someone's head off. He, he, it's he, a mindset. Yeah, yeah. it's, 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 it's in his blood. Mm. He's still got that capability of doing that. You understand? So even though I knew that I changed my ways, I knew that physically, inside deep down, I was still capable of doing that. So mentally, in my head, I would always tell myself, Nana, it's cool, bro. You're, you're not a fucking pussy. If you let this go and don't let it get to you, like if something was to have happened, and I, I was to have let that go. And um, it don't make me an idiot, do you understand? Because I've let it go. Um, you know. Because deep down inside my head, i know that I could still deal with it. So I think that helped me get over it. Um, but that was the, the main reason for my change role. And did, <clears throat> is that when you then started following like the sicky path as well? Well, I was always... Uh, as in, you know... Yeah, yeah, yeah with the... the, know, thing. It the so start, think, what it is, is I was always... Um, uh, I had a lot of knowledge about Sikhi from the day one. I was always interested in Sikhi. Um, whether I practiced it or not, was a different story. Mm-hmm. You know, I always had meat, you know, I, I drank and everything. And so I, I wasn't really, um, I never, hardly ever went to the Gurdwara. Um, I'd done my thing. Um, but I was, I had a lot of knowledge about Sikhi. And um, even when I took, went down this route, it wasn't because... I suddenly thought, you know what? I am religious, and I need to turn down this route. To be honest with you, I don't go to the Gurdwara anymore. I don't do any more prayers than I used to before. Everything's oh. still the same. I just woke up one morning and I just thought to myself, "What are you doing, mate? Like, look at yourself." I looked in the mirror, and I still remember this. And I say, I say this to, to uh, in a few of my um, documentaries in the past that I, I still remember when, when I was brushing my teeth that day. It was, I think it was the eleventh of eleventh um, or twelfth of December. It was. And um, I was brushing my teeth, woke up, and I just—I looked in the mirror, and I just saw myself, and, I, and, and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what the fuck, bro? you're a mess. You're an absolute mess, you know what I mean? Like, look at you, you're a fucking lion. And look at you. I looked at myself, and I was like, I, I look fucked, bro, like, mentally. know, like you people, like, you see, um, when someone's on steroids, yeah? Yeah. Um, they take steroids, and uh, they say, even though once you come off the steroids, um, even though you haven't shrunk in size straight away, it takes a few weeks or even months for you for size to go down. But literally, the next day when you come off it mentally, the person when he looks in the mirror, he thinks he's shrunk. Fuck it up because it's a mental state. Yeah. You understand? So even though I still looked normal, I still look fine, but mentally, I'm looking at myself and I'm thinking, I look fucked. I'm fucked. I'm a state, and I'm like, I need to man up. I need to. I need to be who I am, and I'm supposed to be a lion. And in my eyes, in my vision, a lion is always meant to be like someone. Like, a sing, basically, you understand? A sing to yeah. me, is someone, he, he, he's, he's, he's someone that's proud. You know, someone that walks down the street with his head up high and you just can't fuck with him. And, and I've always felt that inside me from day one, that I have got that. But the only thing that was missing was the the physical form. Mm. So, and I think I'm not going to lie to you. Um, women were a big part, yeah? Um, you know, I'd always groom myself because I'd always be like, you know what, um, you know, for the women. I'd, I'd come to that point where I was like, I can't be arsed anymore, man. I really can't be arsed, You know? And, yeah. um, so I was just like, fuck it, I'm just going to do it. But then, to make sure that I don't go back on my word, I put it out there in public because I did not want to be tomorrow that guy where everyone says, oh, he's done it for a month or he's done it for two months and, or he's done it for a year and then he just cut his hair again. Mm. You know what I mean? It's just, I, I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. And, um, so, with me, my word is a lot and, makes to me if, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna um have a negative impact on someone it's a big thing for me so I wanna try and change people's lives. I wanna try if, if if there is someone out there that looks up to me and he sees that hold on this guy is he's doing some fucked up shit they're gonna try and follow in those same footsteps. You understand what I'm saying? Like don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm not I'm a Daddy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and i eat meat if i want to drink shalab i can drink shalab i don't drink shalab yeah i try to stay away from that um but you'll never see me posting up pictures of me eating meat i go to restaurants and you know uh there'll be pictures of food and stuff my mates eating it you know um there'll be vegetarian dishes in front of me or something you know but you'll never see me munching away eating you know because i don't want it to be where tomorrow people that are looking up to me are saying well hold on he's doing it so we're gonna do it because i'm not saying it's okay for yeah. someone to be a thing and eat meat, yeah. yeah. Um, nobody's perfect. I'm not perfect, but I try not to kind of push any negativity out in the public where people are thinking, "Well, hold on, he's doing it. We can do it." Yeah, you understand what I'm saying? So, I guess to me, um, I want to try and change as many lives as possible. And if I'm trying to do something good, um, then why not? That is the main reason why <clears throat> I reached out to you
0: and. Um, and asked you to come on the podcast and, and that's mm. why i've got so much respect at the end of the day i've only just started out with this i i, I told you my story mm. and i sort of said like look this is what i'm planning on doing and so on and so forth um because of the impact that you have on yeah. on, on people people out there going on to the impact yeah. um that you have um and going more into detail about what's going on in our community at the minute mm. um with regards to we don't need to mention names yeah. but there's all over social media there's recently people have you know committed suicide young lads in our community um have just had enough and you know commit suicide and so on and so forth which is a very sad state of affairs um so what i want to ask you is is what was your effectively what was your healing process then so after once you started moving forward what was your healing process i know one of it One of them was, and especially it was the same for me, is the
1: gym. Um, But what else was there? What was your sort of healing process? It's hard to explain this one, Abbo, because there's so many things that played a a role in this. Um, I mean, nobody will stop having these thoughts. Thoughts will still come. Um, I'll talk about one that I had the other day, um, but it's how you deal with them, that counts. Like, I was, uh, the other day, I think it was about last week, I think it was, and um, I was doing the Hoover last week, and I was doing the Hoover, and I still remember, I, was, I spoke about this on my Instagram, mm. yeah? I was doing the Hoover, yeah. and I was in the passageway, and um, yeah. just randomly, nothing bad had happened, nothing bad had happened, yeah? Randomly while I'm doing the hoover, I'm thinking in my head, why am I doing this hoover for? Like, Why am I, I'm looking around and I'm thinking, what am I doing? Like, Why am I doing this? I don't need to do this. I don't need to work. I don't need to make money just so I can live. And so I can put clothes on my, and I'm paying the bills and I'm doing all of this for what? For this fucking poxy government. I'm not, I'm not, what am I doing? I don't need, I don't need to be here. I can just end it all, I could be gone. I could be dead and I could be like fuck you all, you know what I mean? And I had that thought while I'm doing a Hoover. And then literally straight away I'm like, Nah, I can't man. Because if I tomorrow win, who's gonna look after my little ones? You know? Um, who's gonna look after the people in my circle, my loved ones? Who's gonna be there for them? What's gonna happen to them? Because I know what happened to me when Tupac passed away. So what what would have happened to my people that are in my circle? You understand? Like my parents, who's going to look after my parents? Like Friends will say, bro, we're here, we've got mm. you, And like, yeah, but it's different. It's different. It's different. You understand what I'm saying? Man? Like, who's going to do all that? You know, and uh, like, little things start coming into my head, like tomorrow, like paying for the internet, or paying for the car insurance, and paying for the water bills, and this and that. Everything's online now. My parents wouldn't be able to do that. It's true. You understand what I'm saying? So that generation there, that didn't know much English, they'd struggle. So... That is the only one thing that stopped me. It just came into my head, and I thought, you know, what? I could be gone tomorrow. It's not a problem. But let's not be selfish. Yeah, let's not be selfish, and let's not think about me, and let's try and think about everyone else in my circle and uh, what effect I'd have on them. So that thought it went. It, it went. It lasted about maybe about a second, two seconds, and um, but you can imagine it, when when it comes to your head, that one That's second, it's did a it, hundred did it, thoughts. Did
0: it? Did it play? It must have
1: played in your head all day. Nah. No. No. Nah. No. That was it, uh, just... Just that, we were just and out, done. So it came in my head and um, literally straight away it was out. But what I'm trying to say is the point I'm trying to make is that there's no 100% healing. No, there isn't. No, 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 of course not. You yeah. understand? Yeah, yeah. You all still always have these thoughts. It's how you deal with them that's going to make a difference. Yeah, it's your coping mechanism. You understand? Yeah. Like... The gentleman, we we're not going to mention any names, the gentleman you were talking about the other day, that he, uh, last time he took his own life and he was on social media, right? Yes, he done it. He probably didn't have any problems. Maybe he just had enough and thought, you know what, fuck this, I can't be dealing with it. But then, he could have, if he was that type of person who was had a lot, a lot of responsibilities and he knew there was a lot of people depending on him, maybe he didn't have anyone depending on him, but if he did have a lot of people depending on him, maybe the story would be different. Because he'll think to himself, "That hold on, if I do this, what's going to happen to them? You understand? And I think a lot of people, if they ever do come to that point in their life where they do feel that they need to end it all, I know what it's like. You, you know, um, You could have a million things going for you. You could be a millionaire. You could have everything you could possibly ask for. But it's not enough. And when you are having those thoughts and you need to go, those million things that you got going for you, they become nothing. They become zero. Yeah. You understand? They you can't even think about them. They're not even coming into your head. They're not even coming in there to say to you, Bro, you got us. Don't worry about it. They just go. So you have to mentally train your mind to bring those things out. Yeah? Bring them out of that Pandora's box that you've got hidden away with a key locked up thrown away. You've got to bring it out and you've got to remind yourself that listen mate, I have got all of this. I've got all of this to lose, you understand? If I go, what's going to happen to all these people around me? Okay, yes, I'm going to be selfish and I'm going to go. And I'm going to be gone, see you later. But how are these people around me, my family members, my siblings, my children, how are they going to survive without me? What kind of impact will I have every single birthday, every single Christmas, every single Father's Day or whatever? They're going to, they're going to feel it, you understand? So I think people need to start being less selfish I think is what, what what the word I'm looking for be less selfish and start um, if you think to yourself your life is shit and it's worthless then I tell you what accept that but at the same time accept you know what my life is shit but I'm not here for my life I'm here for these people let me try and be good for them let me sacrifice my life for being good for them yeah Fuck my life, it's shit anyway. My life's fucked, yeah? But let it be good for them. Don't be selfish and say, oh, my life's fucked, oh, fuck it, I'm going to go. You know, these people need to start considering um, other people's feelings as well. Let me get your thoughts on this. I spoke to someone, we were at a funeral, chap had passed
0: away, uh, he had cancer, um, early age, um, passed away. And uh, there's another lad that I used to go to school with, he passed away. And I uh, got talking saying, look, I went to a funeral, uh, he was in his early thirties, and you know he took his own life, and, and so on and so forth. And I was speaking to to an uncle there, mm. and he goes to me, he goes, "Belly, uh, Right? Mm. And I thought, here we go, it's going to be that whole, you know, ego thing, you know, mm. uh, you know, guys were a bit macho then they never mm. used to say anything, blah 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 blah. But it's true. But he right? did it. No, but he didn't mm. go down that route. Mm. That's what I was expecting. Mm. He goes, back in the day, mm. everyone was basically doing. The same thing everyone was working at the same factory everyone's earning the think, same money yeah, it was a routine yeah, it was a routine everyone's earning the same money and because everyone was in that same situation nobody was over over rich or anything like that
1: mm.
0: everyone's mm. doing what they're doing any issues they had they would just talk it between themselves mm, between 15 10 15 20 of them or whatever and before you know it whatever the issue is it's resolved nowadays it's different because I think that whole ego thing that's there with regards to, you know, I can't talk about my issues because such and such is going to think, oh, fucking hell, he's got issues and I'm going to, he's going to go and tell such and such. There's not, that, that support network
1: doesn't seem to be there. Not just that, but back in the days, work was yeah. their social life. Yeah. They will spend two thirds of their time, their day uh, at work. Yeah. So when they would go to work, that was their friends. Yeah, going to work, that was their friends. Um, that was their work. That was everything. Do you understand? Was their, that's their, their friends. Everybody back in the days, their friends were their work colleagues. They never had friends that were outside, or maybe they had rested out, go out to go that. Yeah, but everyone was connected at their workplace their workplace when they were working in the bakeries and when they were working in foundries and they were working in all these factories the people that were there were their mates you understand so everything was resolved like you said there and then over here nowadays how things are is work is work that's not their social life anymore soon as they leave work then their life starts once they've left soon as they've checked out or clocked out or whatever and they've left at five o'clock yeah then their life starts Back in the days, it were not like that. Mm. Their life was at work. When they finished, it was like going home and resting and relaxing, spending time with family. Nowadays is different. Nowadays, as soon as you finished work, you're out and about. And I'm the same. Mm. Don't get me wrong. Um, soon by the time I get up in the morning, about five, six, six o'clock, I'll get up. I'll leave, go to work, come back. By the time I'm home, it's about six, seven o'clock. Go gym, um, do my bits and bobs. I'm running around constantly. By the time I get home, it's about 11, 30 thirty every day. You know, every single day, and by the time I'm I'm home and I got to prep my food for the next day, you know, um, uh, get my clothes ready for the next day, go to sleep, shower up, or whatever, go to sleep, and it's the same thing every day. So, my my life don't just stop at when I finished work. Mm. Soon as I've finished, is about. 20, 30 different things that I'm dealing with yeah. every single day afterwards. You know what I'm saying? And that's how it is with everyone else. There's so much going on. There's so much madness. It's like, especially in London and all these busy cities everywhere. Everything's just fast, fast, fast. And people are now moving to Canada. They're moving to America. They're moving to Australia. They're moving to these places where it's a lot more just chilled Yeah. and a lot more relaxed because everything over here is just fast. You know what I mean? People that come from Canada or all these other places where it's a lot more chilled, Midlands-y where they come in, they find it hard to to blend in because everything is just so bang, 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 bang so fast. It's like India, when people
0: yeah. come from India. Yeah. A lot of relatives come from India and they're just like, they're just taken back by it because, you know, the lifestyle, especially in the band and stuff like mm. that, it's, it's, it's chilled. It's chilled. Mm. But like here it is, you're right, it's just fucking. It's non stop. It's non stop. It's non stop. Mm. So you do a lot of stuff. Um, and you, again, like, like I said, you openly talk about mental health and so on and so forth. Uh, the other thing that I did see that you were doing, uh, which is really great, um, mm. around um, training videos and stuff. Mm. Um, and I think that's a, that's a very, very positive message to push out mm. because um, I don't think, like you said, everything's so busy. Things like the gym and things like training and looking after yourself, that's going out the window because mm. people are just wanted to go out. Fucking, if I'm being totally honest, go out, drink and fucking do a line of fucking Charlie. And, you know, is, that's, that's the lifestyle.
1: Yeah, they look forward to the weekend.
0: Yeah. So, um, so you know, you doing what you're doing there, that's amazing. That's really, really good mm-hmm. stuff. So, do you think more people should be going out and being more active? Or what do you think the problem is? And do you think it's a case that the community should be doing more to protect, effectively protect okay a so these lads.
1: definitely protecting wise yes the community needs to be doing more um when it comes to going out see that's a double-edged sword going out if you're in the right crowd is good mm. but nowadays going out it's youngsters start going out and the route they're taking is of this kind of gangster rap shit, yeah where they've got their trousers hanging around their ankles you know and um They're walking around thinking like they're Tupac's fucking children, yeah? And um, back in the days it was about physically what you're capable of doing as an individual. Mm. It don't work like that anymore. Nowadays you could be the biggest pussy in that crew, yeah? But if you've got a crew with you of about maybe 10, 15, 20 people whatever, yeah? And they all got blades and you all carry blades, that's what they do. yeah. You know, back in the days, it was like, if you couldn't match up to being a man, they wouldn't bother. So all the waste mans would just stay waste mans and they would just get on with their shit. yeah. And then you had people like myself who drifted away from education because it weren't for me. And I ended up going down the other path. yeah. And then you did have people that tried to be bad boys, but they weren't, they, they weren't up for it. You understand? They, they couldn't meet the standards. So they had no other choice to go back to their education. And it was a good thing because it's made them into something now. You understand? But nowadays, it don't work like that. Because those people that are trying to become bad boys, where back in the days they would have gone back to their education, nowadays these people, they just start hanging around in groups. And when they hang around in groups, I mean, they're like this, bro. Mm. They're like this, yeah, you yeah. understand? They're puddling yeah, yeah. little, little fucking yeah. little yeah. junkies and that, yeah. yeah. And they hang around these crews and they all got blades on them and they, and they think they're bad. And to them, that's their life because they think, you know what? Like this is, this is who we are. But what they don't realise is when they hit that age and they need to get married, they need to settle down and they're gonna have kids. That crew's not gonna be there anymore. Of course not. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. The only person that's still gonna be there is them them as an individual. So if if them as an individual they're nothing and they're fucking pussies on their own, then once those boys are gone, the real them, the real that the real true person is gonna come out. The truth is gonna come out and them as a waste man on his Jack Jones who's capable of doing nothing, yeah, he's gonna come out and then they're gonna look back and think you know what? We've wasted 15, 20 years of our lives yeah, where we could have gone, we could have studied it, we could have done this and we could have done that. We've wasted it hanging around in these groups, in these crews. For what? I've got no education. I've got no nothing. Uh, you know what I mean? That's, they're going to look back and they're going to look at that and they're going to think, fuck, we could have done something with our lives. But it's you know what? It's like banging your head against a brick wall. Bro. Um, mm. No one's going to listen. You know, um, My dad used to tell me when I was young that what I was doing was wrong. And I always felt that I knew better. And I was like... Dad, don't worry man you always like, do with that age because you think to yourself like dad like you're old <laughs> things were different yeah. like when you were young yeah and things are different now when we are young but when you hit that age you think fuck man he was right because even though times are changing but the way you deal with your own situations are still going to be the same of course you understand and you need to prioritise yourself and that's the way forward. You know, you need to work on your own mental health. And to be honest with you, bro, Jim done it for me, man. Yeah. Jim has been a lifesaver from day one. Like the other day I went into the gym. I was talking to one of the personal instructors, the fitness instructors, and I was, I was telling him about it. And because uh, one of the guys, he, there was a guy there with him and he was asking how long I've been training for. And I said to him, I've been training for 26 years. i mean, 20, since I was 14. Yeah. And he goes, were well, you thin, fat? I was, like, I was quite chubby. Um, but, what happens is when you've been training for so long, it becomes a way of living. Yeah. So you wake up in the morning, you comb your hair, you brush your teeth, you go to the toilet. That's normal. It's the norm, isn't it? Yeah. You wouldn't leave the house without brushing your teeth, would you? No. So what happens is even though you might wake up in the morning, you feel like shit. Now, there's been times where you've woken up in the morning and you're ill, Right would you still brush your teeth even though you're ill? Yeah, of course you would. You would, not it? Because it's a way of living. You have to do it. So there'll be times where you go to the gym and you think, oh, fuck, man, I can't be dealing with this. Like it was last week, I went to the gym, it was Thursday, I went to the gym and I'm doing my stretches on on the bar and I'm looking up. I'm like, oh, fuck, this shit, I can't be arsed. I I shouted it out loud, I can't be arsed with this fucking shit, yeah? And um, it was just, I just had to do it, get it out of the way you know what I mean and like Wednesdays and the weekends are my break it's my time off and people say don't you train on the weekends I'm like nah mate I only train three days a week I can't train four days because to me training is a fucking chore I can't do four days I can't do five days I can't do six I can't do seven I'm only three days a week and the rest of the four days I'm chilling you know what I mean and so people need to understand that they need to get themselves down the gym even though they don't want to like I used to go to the gym Back in the days when all that madness that happened with me, and I'd be sitting there and I'd be fucking bench pressing on the machine. It was a stand up machine, I still remember, and the mirror would be in front of me, yeah? And I'd be bench pressing and I'd start crying randomly. And I'd look in the mirror and I'd be covered, just tears coming out, yeah? But there would be nothing that would trigger it. It wouldn't be like any particular thoughts or anything. I'd just be like, ah. Oh, I just feel like shit. Yeah. My life's shit. Yeah. Everything's shit. Everything was just shit, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, when you have that grey cloud on your head and you're feeling negative, everything is gonna be negative. But I still carried on training. I still kept pushing, I still kept pushing. I'd do my training, even though like a normal forty five minute session would end up being a three hour session because I do a lot of thinking in between. I'd just be sitting there and I'd be zoned out, you know, and then I'd do my next set and uh, I still do it, and I've done it, you know what I mean, and um, I think one thing that made a difference is like, in my own head, when I would look in the mirror and I thought, you know what, I don't have much going for me, and I still do sometimes, I think I'm not maybe appealing um, to the opposite sex, I'm not kind of like um, super rich, Um, I'm not super smart, the only thing I've got is my strength and my body. So I look into the mirror and I look at myself and I think to myself, I'd, "I've earned this. This is my work. This is something that I have achieved over a long time." And don't get me wrong; the last one year has been um, has been quite uh, bad when it comes to the gym and all that. I've I've lost a lot of weight. I've lost um, quite a fair bit. And uh, um, something that I wanted to talk about. While I'm here, um, we're talking about obviously uh, um, negative thoughts, negative feelings. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna let you guys know on a little secret. So since last year, I've uh, um, I was given some bad news. Yeah, um, I was given some bad news, which I took the wrong way originally. Um, I was under the impression I was told that I could have cancer um uh, yeah and, and my gp had, had gone over it and but he kept saying to me like you got nothing to worry about you got nothing to worry about everything's okay but we need to get these tests done because we need to eliminate it so as i started doing more and more research into it um i started looking at all the symptoms and everything and i and i thought shit i could have cancer yeah and um so it I'm not gonna lie to you it stressed me out it stressed me out a lot uh, my family didn't know um well they do now they, they didn't know um nobody knew and apart from maybe like a couple of people and um, so I was dealing with that Um, to be honest with you I think I was more upset about not being able to see my kids grow up yeah um, I was more stressed about that Um, I thought I'm not going to be able to see my kids grow up I'm not going to be able to um, influence them in any way I be able to contribute in any way Uh, I'll be gone and to be watching from above, and uh, then halfway through that thought of the the cancer had gone, um, they started saying, "No, nope, it doesn't seem like cancer. Um, the chances of it being cancer are quite slim." Instead, they come up with some next yeah um, I don't even know the name of it, but apparently, um, 50% of these people that have this, um, they die before the age of 40 um so i'm putting two and two together so i'm thinking hold on all these symptoms everything started about 10 years ago i'm now hitting 40 and my body feels like it's shutting down yeah um two years ago i felt the best i could possibly feel i felt on point yeah but last year was just it was it was just downhill and um uh, just constant problems uh, in and out of hospital. I ended up e, with E. coli, even. Um, that's another story we'll cover in a minute. But yeah, so then I got my tests done uh, last week. Everything came up negative. Good. So they said I'm in the all clear, and um, that was quite a, uh, uh, quite some good news for me. And um, so I just mentally I started thinking, yes. I'm gonna get back into the training, I'm gonna get back into the gym, I'm fucking ape shit. And I give myself a goal. I thought, by summertime, I'm gonna physically look like this now. Yeah. You know, I've been started taking all the supplements, you know, I've, I've started taking the growth again, I've started, you know, I've started doing a lot, a lot of stuff. And, um, you know, physically, I'm ready for it, you know. Um, but last year, it was a struggle. And I was saying before, I ended up with E. coli. Um, one of the restaurants in South, I'm not gonna mention their name, um, one of the restaurants in Southall. I ended up getting food from there and um, within hours I got ill and um, I just remember 6 o'clock in the morning waking up to go to the toilet, I just felt like I needed to go and um, vomiting, diarrhea, everything at the same time and it wouldn't stop, it did not stop and um, and I'm just thinking shit I've got to take one of the workers, um, I've got to drop him off to work so I've picked him up, a couple of them have dropped them off on the way there the whole time I'm holding the steering wheel and I'm like holding the steering wheel like this I'm leaning across it I'm driving like this yeah and I'm just in pain just in bad pain yeah and as soon as I've dropped them off it was about an hour's drive as soon as I've dropped them off they've gone out I've got the carry back I've just vomited and vomited wouldn't stop non-stop yeah um ringing up the ambulance um ambulance uh, started ringing them up about nine o'clock they've turned up at 11 yeah um and then when they've turned up, all I remember is one of the times prior to that, because obviously there was so much vomiting. It was when I kept getting out of the van, there was like a, a wall there with loads of uh, bushes and stuff. So I was just leaning over, and it was raining. It was raining uh, quite bad, and I just remember just dropping on the floor, and I blacked out, and then I woke up, and and my face is just in the water and that, in the puddle, and I just got up, and I'm like, "Fuck, what am I doing?" You know, I've got back up. Um, it was so bad, like, the diarrhea was non-stop, so you can imagine, I'm in a van, I couldn't go outside and shit, in the thing, yeah, so, I would literally jumped in the back of the van, and I'm, I'm just, I'll be honest with you, I was, I was sitting on a bucket, yeah, and it was Fuck just non-stop, you know, like, you can imagine this, yeah, I'm vomiting, sitting in a bucket, it was, it was non-stop, and then, uh, ambulance ended up coming, I don't remember much, all I remember is, somebody brought them to the side, and, I've opened the door, I don't even remember walking into the ambulance. I remember bits of it in between in the ambulance. I remember getting out um, and I remember getting to that hospital for about one o'clock and then I had a go at the the, the doctor. Because mm-hmm. all I kept thinking was like when, um, when Suk passed away, it took them two and a half hours to take her to the hospital. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And now it's taking you fucking two hours to get me to the hospital where the hospital's seven minutes away. So, I go to him, I said, but what the fuck are you not taking, you not taking a piss out of me, yeah? I said, I called the ambulance at nine, came at 11, and I said, now, you lot brought me to the hospital at one o'clock. And he goes to me, he goes, Mrs. Andrew. he goes, I believe you're not really aware of what's been going on. I said, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. He goes, um, he goes, uh, you died, he goes, uh, in the ambulance, he goes, when they were bringing you here. I said, well, on the way here? He goes, uh, no, he goes, as soon as you, they went in the ambulance, he goes, within minutes, he goes, your heart stopped beating, and he goes, they had to revive you. And uh, apparently, the only person that was qualified to stay with me the whole time until I was stable was the driver. So, hence why they couldn't drive off because the other person wasn't qualified to drive off. Yeah. So that person, the driver, had to stay with me, and then they stayed until I was stable and everything. Everything was all fine. They brought me back to life, and then they took me to do that at the hospital. And um, <clears throat> I was just—it it was just a bit of a shitty. Uh, it was a bit of a shitty situation. I'm not gonna lie to you. I, I don't. I don't think, I don't feel to myself, oh shit, I was at death's doors and back. To me, I just woke up and it was just a normal day. Like, I was feeling a bit shitty, you yeah. know, just north of diary. I felt like I'd just been to hospital and I was fucked. And, but it didn't um, it didn't have that much of an effect on my head. So I, I think even now, I think it's, it probably benefited me because I think to myself, for tomorrow, if tomorrow my time did come, I wouldn't even know about it. You, <laughs> you understand mean, what I'm saying I've been through, you I've been through it that. I didn't even know then and it was just a normal day so um, you know it is what it is and I'm, like, I've been shot and all that before and, and I've been stabbed and so to be honest with you even those like every time when it happened I didn't think it was like, oh shit I'm dying you understand what I'm saying um, it's just it is just the way it is you just got to kind of deal with it I think that's the last thing that comes in your mind yeah. but look the last year it was so bad and I kept telling myself that I'm going to fight this, so I think knowing that I was that close to death's doors made me appreciate it a lot more, where before, you don't appreciate it, you keep thinking, oh, I'm going to go, I'm going to take my life, I'm going to go, but then when you come to that point where you actually are going to go, you're thinking, fuck, I don't want to go,
0: Yeah.
1: I don't want to go yet, you know, like, what's going to happen with my kids, and what's going to happen with my family, and like are people gonna fucking remember my good work like i got so much shit to do you know and i had a list of 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 people that i was supposed to help still you know one woman the old lady that was, she had some issues with a neighbor and with another guy that was had uh, issues with um his uh, son-in-law there were so many issues i remember looking at the list and i'm thinking fuck like do i just pass this list on to someone else but are they gonna do it in the same way as i do it you know what i mean and like it was about there's a lot of things that go into your head, but I think knowing that I was that close to death's doors, um, it changed a lot, and I'll be honest with you bro, um, I'm going to try my fucking best to be here for a long time, and while I'm here, I'm going to make a lot of people's lives hell, I'll tell you straight bro, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to fuck a lot of people up, any any person that is a wrong one is going to get dealt with, Um so, yeah, my time's up, it's up. But until then, I'm going to keep doing my shit.
0: Listen, I think this is probably the best time to bring it to a close. Thank you so much for mm. sharing that with me. Um, and you know what? I wish you all the best for your training. I know what it's like when, mm. when, when you can't train and stuff like that properly. I'm sure you're going to fucking smash it with the training and stuff. You go there, you do what you got to do. Mm. And once again, Injection, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast, my brother. Well, and... Um, <coughs> Hope to speak to you soon. (laughs) Cheers. Take care.